Good evening. Welcome to the PSI podcast. My name is Kat and I will be your host for this evening. And on behalf of PSI seminars, welcome to the call. PSI has been offering personal growth seminars around the world for over 45 years. And each month we explore tools and techniques from the PSI basic course as a free resource for you in your ongoing personal growth and self-improvement. For those of you who are new to PSI seminars and would like to find out more about our basic course, go to psibasicseminar.com where you'll find information about the PSI basic as well as the dates and locations for upcoming classes. That's psibasicseminar.com. The topic for tonight's call is discovering belonging with PSI Advanced Seminar producer, Courtney Hoke. Courtney started her journey in personal growth in 1997 when she attended all of the PSI courses. She has been involved with the advanced classes for over 19 years now, and she loves supporting people in their personal growth. Courtney, are you with us? Hi, Kat. Yes, I am here, and I am so excited to do this podcast. This subject is definitely near and dear to my heart. Belonging is a vital to our survival. Would you not all agree to that? If after we are born, we only receive the necessities to keep us alive and nothing else, we definitely will not survive. A sense of belonging is a basic human need that we all share in common. In this podcast, we are going to explore what it feels like to belong, what it feels like to be excluded, how to make shifts within yourself, and to create acceptance, support, and connection. Struggle and triumphs, rejection into belonging, self-loathing into self-loving, and accepting our wholeness. Let me share my story of not belonging with you. When I was born, my biological mother was neither mentally nor emotionally able to take care of me. So when I was came home from the hospital, I actually came home and lived with my grandparents. And after some time with living with my grandparents, it became really apparent that um, they were really too elderly to take care of me. And so a decision was made and I was actually put back into um, the system. And uh, back then the system was quite different than it is now. And I bounced around from home to home And a few times when I would find a long-term home, there was a lot of guilt on my biological mother from her family to um, not give up a child for adoption. So she would struggle with that, and I would end up going back and living with her. And then she would realize that she wasn't mentally and emotionally equipped, and I would go back into the foster system. This ended up going on for about a decade of my life, and it was a really kind of rough time. I... um, often wondered what was wrong with me. I wondered why nobody wanted me. I I had a lot of sadness, a lot of hurt, a lot of confusion. I I didn't understand why one moment I would have a family or one moment I would have somebody and then the next minute I wouldn't. And again, like I said, this just went on for a decade of my life, bouncing back um, between my biological mother and siblings and foster homes. Um, I became very sad and distrustful, and the biggest thing is I was really lonely. Now, I realize this is not an upbeat story, however, it proves a point. We all have had a sense of being excluded. Think about cliques in the workplace, on the playground, in clubs, or on teams. 
Think of all the groups you've had in your life when you have felt excluded. And you got to ask yourself, have you excluded others? Humans tend to think in us versus them, kind of like East Coast versus West Coast, Christians versus Muslims, Republicans versus Democrats, men versus women. The list can go on and on. This shuts out a huge part of the population when you believe that way. When you're in the us versus them mentality, there are so many people that you don't won't even encounter, you're not even able to have in your life. And so that sense of belonging or not belonging can start right there. So take, take a moment and think of a time that you felt like you didn't belong. What was your energy like? How did you feel? What were your actions and behavior like? Did you feel like low and down and sad and lonely? Was your energy funky? Was your energy of anger, of sadness? What were your actions? Did you lash out? Did you withdraw? This is why the sense of belonging is so important to any group that wants to make things happen, to produce extraordinary results to make a difference in their community, or even to make a lot of money and connections. This is a driving factor in corporate America, spending tons of money trying to make their employees feel like they are part of a family. However, that is just outside sources. It, you know, give you a, more teams to play on, more building exercises, thing of that nature. However, that's outside, for, outside sources, and that is short-lived. Let's go back to my story and changes that took place and things I discovered. So after being awarded to the court, after the decade of bouncing back and forth in the system and going back and forth with my biological mom, I was finally awarded to the courts, meaning the court stepped in and took me away permanently from my biological mother. I was then placed in an actual home with siblings and parents who actually started to teach me what love was. After quite, some, I, after quite some time, I started to engage with them and allow myself to actually be part of that family. I started to actually believe that um, I wasn't gonna be yanked away from them or that they weren't gonna actually leave me. I started to believe that I was wanted. I started changing my belief that I wasn't wanted. I started believing that there wasn't anything wrong with me. Because for you know, a good decade, maybe 15 years of my life, I did believe there was something wrong with me, that something was missing in me. I ended up joining a softball team and started to experience a connection to some things that I started to realize that I belonged to something. I then joined my uh, church youth group and I started to begin to grasp belonging even more. However, I was still not completely trusting people. I still was waiting for someone to kind of yank that rug out from under me. I was still waiting for them to leave me or for me to be moved out of, that, out of that home, so I was still not completely engaged, and I wasn't allowing myself to be my authentic self, because I still carried a lot of shame from my childhood. I carried shame from the way I was raised. I thought the way I was raised in a foster home was wrong, was bad. It wasn't actually until my adulthood when I started my journey with Psy Seminars and went to Psy 7 that I allowed myself to be authentic, loving, and open. When I heard about Psy 7 specifically, I knew I was going to go and be with a lot of people that I had never seen or knew before. And I thought to myself, what a great opportunity to just be however I wanted to be. They had no idea who I was. They didn't know anything about my history. 
and it gave me an opportunity to really open up and engage with these people. And it really was the first time that I completely felt accepted with my wholeness, every aspect of me. I felt alive, I felt purposeful. I was more excited and energetic where before it was more fear and dread. I definitely was open versus being withdrawn. I was definitely willing to jump in and take risks versus being shut down. I jumped into connection. I actually loved the connection versus being disconnected. I started to realize that I could have self-love for myself versus self-loathing. And I definitely went from rejection into belonging. I really, really connected to my wholeness. So wholeness, let's talk about that. Shame comes from not accepting our whole selves. The good, the bad, the ugly, the beautiful, the scary. Oftentimes our biggest secret, the thing we think some people are not going to love us for, we realize when we share it that it doesn't have that much power and we realize so many other people have the same secrets, the same shames. We, put, we tend to put more energy on what we don't want others to know about us. When if we let that out, that energy definitely dissipates because we are all holding on to something and when we share it with others we actually connect we actually belong so how do we foster a sense of belonging there are many things we can do to create a sense of belonging within ourselves and others however we need to recognize one truth you already belong we all already belong we may sometimes feel excluded and in fact we are excluded in some groups However, that does not mean we do not belong. You are part of the human race. You matter, you are significant, you have great worth, and you are valuable and unique. When you focus on that value and worth, you will continuously transform into the person you wish to be. Oftentimes we don't actually feel that way, and I know for me, I like to use I am's. You know, I, I actually even have that tattooed on my arm. I am powerful. I am loving. I am connected. I do belong. And then there's also power uh, yells that you could yell out. I know a big one inside seminars is I'm excited, I'm excited, I'm excited. But there's other ones that you could yell out before you go into a meeting or you could yell out when you jump out of bed. There's also power walks, you know, before you walk into a group meeting or into something that you have fear coming up. You could do a power walk and connect into your power and connect into your belonging. You will find that the need to belong is not as strong when you start doing all those things. Tapping, in the, in, tapping into authenticity, meaning and value within yourself will bring value to whatever group or person you come across. So again, tapping into your authenticity, that you have meaning and value. When you go that down that place, you bring that into every group that you are with. Authenticity is key. When you do not accept your wholeness, we tend to withhold parts of ourselves. When you withhold parts of yourselves, you start to go into the not belonging versus belonging. We also end up embellishing or we elaborate what we think others want us to be. It is our struggles and triumphs that make us unique and relatable. They connect us and connections brings a sense of belonging. In my work over the last two decades with Sci Seminars, I've had the opportunity to work with such a diverse group of people. I have met all kinds of people from all different kinds of walks of lives and different types of jobs and races and religions. And I, 
time and time again, I have witnessed people sharing their secret and realizing that they are loved and accepted anyways. I have also witnessed people change lifelong beliefs of others because they have allowed themselves to suspend their judgments and beliefs and see these other people as fellow humans that they actually have as much in common with them. Another big thing that I have experienced over and over is people go to the go to this class and they actually meet people that represent their mothers or their fathers, their husbands or wives, their brothers or sisters, their ex-wives or ex-husbands, business partners, school friends. I could go on and on. They meet people that they either associate to someone in their life or they associate to a belief, and then when they allow themselves to connect and get to know these people, they realize that they are just the same as them. They see them through different eyes. They see them in a different light. They start to have compassion for them. They start to understand their struggles. Again, it brings connection, and connection is belonging. They then would share with me that they went home and created loving, healthy relationships with these people. And oftentimes they had actually not had stopped talking to these people or they had had them out of their lives for years sometimes and they would go home and create a relationship with them. And oftentimes this would touch me because it would be parents that had divorced and had kids. And as a result, these kids would understand and have a better life. I consist consistently get to witness people understanding their worth and value. And as a result of that, they realize that they are connected and feel like they belong. So the need to belong begins to dissipate because we all belong. Again, let me say that. We all belong. The lack of belonging really is an inside thought. But again, when you do those I am's and power yells, you will realize that you do belong. So Kat, I hear we have some questions, so let's begin the Q&A. Okay, before we go into questions, I just wanna take a moment for everyone on the call who has not yet done our classes. If you want more tools for self-acceptance and belonging within a powerful, supportive community, the basic course has extremely effective techniques that you can put into practice right away to achieve goals beyond what you previously thought possible. And for the results that you really wanna create in your life, at the PSI Basic Seminar, you get to uncover your limiting beliefs and discover what has been holding you back from living the life of your dreams, whatever that is for you. The Basic is an experiential class where you will be immersed in powerful exercises and, to get, and you get to explore who you are, what you really want, and how to get where you want to go. Again, if there's anything you want more better or different for yourself in your life, then go to psibasicseminar.com and get registered for the next PSI Basic. We hold classes in cities across the country, so find a location and date that works for you. Again, that's psibasicseminar.com. Now for some questions. First off, from KL, how do you know when you're truly where you belong? Sometimes, it seems like I fool myself into believing I belong in a place or with a person or group, which turns out to be quite the opposite. I would just take a moment and actually think about each group that you're in and are you in alignment with that, what they are doing? 
Are your values the same? Does it bring fun to your life? Does it add value to your life? And then do you add value to them? And then weed out the ones that you feel that don't. Next from Elsie, how do you attract an ideal and empowering partner who has all the qualities you want and on par with who you are? Well, I think the first thing is to get clear on what the qualities you want from a partner. I would make a list of very specific things that you are looking for in a partner and then be really clear on the things that you really love to do and actually go out into places where those you would meet those like-minded people. If you're like into somebody of art, go start going to art shows. Start putting yourself out there and definitely stay true to that list that you make. And when you make that list, I cannot stress enough to be as detailed as you can with it. And as far as empowerment, I think that's a two-way street. Definitely find a partner that will empower you and you will empower them. And put yourself out there. Next question, Kat. Next from RB. When expanding your community to one of people that encourage and uplift you, how can you quickly detect what people's motives are in order to avoid getting attached to the wrong folks? I think meeting people is always a trial and error. You meet people and you find that they bring value to your life, they bring things that you are looking for in your life, and then you meet people that are just not bring things to your life that you're looking for. I think with each person, you just take it a, a person by person and are you having fun with the person? Are you engaged with the person? Are you having mutual things going on with the person? Are you able to have long conversations with this person? Are you allowed, able to spend quiet time with this person? Just start really look at the whole thing. And then the biggest thing I would think is to ask them questions. Ask them for what you want. Ask them for what they are looking for. Tell them what you are looking for. Get into a mutual conversation and see if you both will work out and be compatible. Next question, Kat. Next from VW, how do you politely limit the time you spend with certain people who want a lot of your time? I think if you have somebody that's taken up a lot of your time, that just have an honest, open communication with them. Find out what they need. Maybe they need something that they're only able to get from you and maybe you can set time aside that you can have longer conversations. And then also at times that you're not able to just let them know that, hey, we can get together, however, I only have, you know, 30 minutes or 15 minutes or an hour or whatever that is for you and start creating those boundaries. Boundaries are really important in all relationships. Next question, Kat. Next from MH. Being adopted, I've always had belonging issues, so much so that I feel it is directing my destiny and I feel powerless. How can I be strong enough to harness this potential and take action with this energy and direct it consciously. You know, I can really relate with this as being adopted, as I shared with you, I really struggled with belonging. I struggled it with my entire life. And um, however, doing the tools and using the tools that I got in the basic seminar and surrounding myself with supported people that see me for who I am and joining groups and things that I know I belong, I just started practicing belonging and finding places that I do belong. And I actually still work with that. And there's times when I feel like I don't belong, I just remind myself and I'm gentle on my, myself that I do belong, that I have a purpose, and that I do bring value to the groups that I'm uh, with and part of. And just 
again, using the tools that I learned and um, it gets easier. It truly does get easier the more you use the tools and you have a sense of, I do belong and you the set the need to belong gets less and less. Next question, Kat. Next from LL, how can I be more present with others? Being present with others, the biggest thing is to listen to others, to actually be engaged with others, to listen to them in a way that it's just the two of you in that moment. And if you're not able to in that moment, if something comes up that distracts you from that, you know, just have that conversation. You know what? I'm not able to be in this conversation with right now. Let's set a time and let's make this set, set a time so that we can be engaged and be with each other. Next question, Kat. Okay. Next from DC, what are ways to connect? What are some common mistakes that might be causing a disconnect? I know for me that anytime I want to connect, I have to put myself out there. I have to actually be open and vulnerable and meet people. Um, you can start with little things by in everyday life. You know, I'm always waving at my neighbors or saying hello to people. Um, I'm always striking up conversations. I, I mean, think about it. How many people do you run into in your daily life? We run into, you know, most of us run into 50 to 100, maybe even more a day. Um, are you taking the opportunity to meet each person, to have a connection? A connection can be just a moment and can turn into a really great friend. So there's opportunities for connections all around us, just to open yourself up and allow yourself to connect and start with the little things. Like I said, say hi to your neighbors, say hi to, wave to people as you go by, say hello to everybody that you pass by on the street. Just start with the little steps every day. Next question, Kat. Uh, and the second half of that was, what are some common mistakes that might be causing a disconnect? Well, I, for me, I think a lot, there's a lot of disconnection when we're on our phones. You know, we're kind of in a conversation and we're kind of see people, we kind of maybe nod at them, but our phone is definitely more important. And I think that we immediately start a disconnect there. I think when we're not giving of ourselves wholly in that moment, we're already creating a disconnect. So definitely, um, 100% connect with the person, engage with the person, it, even if it's in just that moment, you definitely have a deep connection there. It could turn into something more. Next question, Kat. Next from BC, my husband and I are relocating to a new community. Do you have suggestions on how to venture out of our comfort zone and build new bonds? I think moving to a new location, especially if you've been in one other one for such a long time, can be a very scary thing to do. But I would recommend just jumping in and getting to uh, know different groups in your community. Find uh, maybe the Kiwanis Club or those type of clubs. There's all kinds of online groups that you can meet. Um, definitely when you move, you know, get out and meet your neighbors. They might have some tidbits on places you can go move around the neighborhood that you're moving into and find different clubs and different organizations and things of that. Get yourself on mailing lists and just be willing to put yourself out there. Next question, Kat. Next from RS, why do we feel lonely when we have family around? I think for me, before I started really working with belonging, even within my own family, I kind of felt lonely. I felt like I had a role to play 
and that was really the only thing I could do. I'm the big sister, so I always had to be the big sister. I always had to take care of my brother and sister. You know, I always had to be the one that could take care of everything. So I was kind of felt like I was in a mold, and I couldn't really break out of that. And so it's kind of lonely sometimes because what's what happens when I want someone to take care of me or to have my answer? So I do believe that you can be lonely in families. I think maybe communication. I know that I've started talking to my parents and my brother and sister, and we're kind of changing the dynamics of everybody's fitting into their role and crossing those roles so that we can actually have uh, different kind of conversations and different kind of lines of communication, and we can actually play different roles, and we're not pulled into one thing. And I know for me, our family has definitely been um, vibrant and uh, since doing this, and we actually talk more. It's not the same conversations and the same stories. We actually are creating new stories and new memories, and I'm noticing that I don't feel quite that loneliness in my family. Next question, Kat. That's great with the family. And, you know, some of the exercises, uh, for example, in the basic around different behavior styles and the needs that drive people are really powerful, not just in business, but also in family relationships. And uh, it's amazing how like that just a simple tool can really shift how much you're able to connect. Next from NS, where do you get out and meet people when you feel less than or lacking? If you're feeling less than or lacking, find some groups that just absolutely love anybody and everybody. There are so many groups that are out there like that. I mean, Habitat for Humanity is a great one, a place where you're actually doing any kind of service project where you're giving back. Oftentimes when we're giving back, we can't help but feel such great things within ourselves. And the whole atmosphere is uplifting and feel good. And you can't help but feel good with, about yourself when you're giving back. Next question. Great, that ties into this next one, DN. How to best get back on track when you've derailed and feel like you're not contributing to this world and your goals? That is, that is perfect, yes, absolutely. Jump on board, there are so many places and programs out there that are looking for people. There you can jump on the Red Cross, donate blood, build houses, feed the homeless. I mean, you don't even actually have to be part of a group. You can actually make up lunches and go out and feed the homeless. Go out and talk to the homeless. A lot of those people have really great stories and are really great people. Stand on a corner and give hugs out. I mean, meet people at the airport and cheer them on. There's all so many things to allow yourself to get out there and feel really good and connect and give back. Next question, Kat. It's amazing how being outward focused can support you when, you know, whenever we're feeling sorry for ourselves or not, are feeling disconnected, you know, just be focused on someone else. And it's amazing how that can turn things around. Uh, next from MR, how do I know where I belong? I would actually ask yourself, what are some things that you love to do? And then find some groups that are in alignment with that. What are you passionate about? And find some groups that are in alignment with that. There's all there's groups for anything that you're passionate about. Take some classes and um, join some groups. Jo take some classes and put yourself out there and get to know more people. The more people you know, the more groups you know, the more you will realize that you belong to them. But here's the truth. You actually do belong. We all actually belong. 
we actually bring value to the groups that we belong to. So get out there, join some groups, and bring the value that you have. Next question, Kat. Next from DA. When someone you are close to has the habit of being verbally negative about life, is it wise to spend less time with them? Well, I'm not sure what type of relationship this is. However, it is always kind of brings you down when you have people talking negative. So maybe have a conversation, an honest, open conversation with why that they are talking that way. Maybe they need something from you. Maybe they, they don't even hear themselves talking negatively. Maybe they don't even realize it. So I would have an open, honest conversation and just tell them how you feel when they talk that way. And then, and then go from there. And then if that doesn't work and it continues after all of that, then it might be best to have that relationship come to an end if you can't have it become a different kind of relationship. Next question, Kat. Next from BP. BP is looking for some practical help for taking baby steps into connection and trusting. Well, I was thought, spoke about this a little bit earlier is to actually get yourself out there and say hello to people. Say hi to everybody in the grocery store. Say hi to everybody at your work. Um, talk to people at work that you wouldn't maybe not talk to before. Um, there are definitely online support groups that you can talk to people about things. There are you can go paint something at craft stores and meet people. Uh, go to your local coffee house and ask somebody to, you know, share a coffee with you. There's so many different ways that are tiny, small steps that you can make. So just start making those small ones by saying hello to people and then build up and start asking people to have coffee with you or other things of that nature until you're doing something. But definitely every single day, make a point to everybody you come in contact, make a small step of making a connection with them. You'll notice that that will make huge changes and connections in your life. Next question, Kat. Next from IP, home is where the heart is. What if your heart has been shattered? It's healing, but your roots are gone. How do you figure out where you belong? You know, most of us have had our hearts shattered and it's a very painful journey. And to just allow yourself to feel all the emotions that go with it. Um, allow yourself to cry, to hurt, um, don't, no need to rush through it. Just allow yourself to really feel it all. And when you're ready, allow yourself to start reaching out to people. It doesn't have to be a, a deep relationship. You just start out with small little relationships where you start opening your heart up, start letting your heart feel and help, let yourself start feeling love again and let people start taking care of you and loving you again. And um, just be gentle on yourself on the journey of healing your heart and healing that relationship and healing all that hurt and pain that you are probably going through. Next question, Kat. Next from KC. She's looking for some tools to help her daughter with self-acceptance. It is a great idea to talk to your children constantly, every day. You know, ask your children how they are. Ask them what's going on. Why does she feel that way? Talk to her about all the great things. Maybe get her friends to talk to her and have a support system around her. I know the basic offers um, a, ch a children's basic, and that is a great class and a great way to create a support system so she has like-minded people that will tell her and see all the great and wonderful things 
weakness in her because you know maybe she just has forgotten or doesn't see them and oftentimes when we're around other people who see the beauty in us we start to see that also so I would definitely um, look into that class and there's also a youth leadership one and then we also have a great class called teen experience for teenagers and these kids come out and once a year and meet each other and they have lifelong bonds and lifelong friendships and they always have each other to call on each other when they're not feeling that but I would definitely start with talking to her and seeing where that started and what went on with her and then let her know how you see her and all her other sides because sometimes as children we start out not seeing the greatness in ourselves and if we don't get that reinforced of how great we really are then we just only will start to see that Next question, Kat. Next from SL. How do I counter all the negative self-talk that seems to creep into my mind and sidetrack me? Well, there are some small tools you can do with that. Is um, One of the ones I really like is to have trigger devices. You know, you could put a, something on your um, a dot on your phone. We used to put them on our watches, but we don't really do watches anymore that remind you you of how wonderful and magnificent you are you could put I am beautiful or I am worthy or some kind of um, sign like that on your mirror so that you look at it every day when you see that dot on your phone it reminds you every day of how magnificent you are um, you could put triggers all around you. you could put them in your car places that you're gonna be every day and then um, there's great ways of you know I am's really work I am wonderful I am powerful I am magnificent I am loving I am valuable um, power struts, power yells, um, and definitely just telling yourself how wonderful you are and putting yourself in a group of people that see how wonderful you are and they'll reinforce that on, on a daily basis. Next question, Kat. Next from KB. She wants to know how to live from certainty and eliminate doubt. Well, I think that we always have doubt. Um, Sometimes when I'm in doubt and I'm going to do something, I'll picture myself actually doing it in my mind and walking in and it being and going through the whole process and it being a very successful process before I'll actually do it. And I notice that when then I do actually go and do it, anything that I'm about to go do after I've done it in my mind, for some reason, I feel more in line with my power than my doubt. Um, but doubt is always there, and it just you just have to constantly work with that doubt and step into your certainty. Next question, Kat. Next from AV, how do I overcome rejection? Fear of uncertainty, not being wanted, not being liked, and not having constructive things to say. Well, we all deal with rejection on a daily basis, and that kind of falls in belonging and not belonging. We get rejected, and then we think we don't belong. And the truth is, is we just get rejected from that person or that group. There are so many other groups and so many other pe people out there. Rejection, I think, is just a part of our everyday life. And to um, just realize that, why was I rejected from that? You know, and if you really want to be part of that person or whatever that group was that you were rejected from, you know, look into why you were rejected and make some changes. Um, however, if not, then move into another group. Uh, rejection is always coming up and just you, you have to just go into not going into withdrawal when you're reject, rejected to take some lessons from whenever you're rejected. Because like I said, we are all rejected on a daily basis. Next question, Kat. 
Uh, a follow-up to that question is, how do I overcome rejection in order to approach people? I don't know that we ever, as humans, overcome rejection. I think we just get better at taking rejection and better at realizing that it wasn't really us. There was just something going on with that person or that group. Usually rejection isn't usually based on us. And then allow yourself to keep putting yourself out there and go into other more groups and more people. And the more you put yourself out there, you'll realize you'll be accepted far more than you're rejected. Next question, Kat. Next from TP. What kind of exercises can I do to keep my emotional walls down and stop feeling so lonely? Well, I definitely think loneliness is a big thing in the world today. And definitely put yourself out there and be around people, whether it's physically or even online. There are so many different support groups and um, groups that you can get involved in. But the thing I think with loneliness is not to allow yourself to settle into it. When you feel the loneliest, that's the time when you need to reach out to other people. And so some of the exercises that you can do are, again, I talked about some I am's and to just really be gentle on yourself and to realize that you are connected to so many people. There are so many people out there in the world that are actually feeling lonely to get out there and actually um, be part of something bigger than you. Again, jump into being of service. Um, go to your local park and, and clean up or something of that nature. Volunteer um, at your kid's school. Um, volunteer pretty much anywhere there's other people. When you're feeling really lonely, immerse yourself in fun activities that are around other people. It doesn't even mean that you have to be completely engaged in it. You could just be part of something bigger than you to kind of ebb that loneliness. Next question, Kat. Next from BD, is it better to create community or join community? I think both of them have value. I think when you join a community, you actually become part of that community, so you're in a creative state with them. And then I think when you create your own community, I think that takes the pressure off other people joining a community. You might create some kind of community in your area that doesn't exist anymore. You might create the community that people have been waiting for. So I definitely think anybody that has the community that they can create in their neighborhoods and in their lives, definitely create it. And jump in and join as many um, groups that you are passionate about. So I definitely think both have great value. Next question, Kat. Next from CE. Can you talk about the process of creating a mastermind group? The first thing I think you have to do is get clear on what your mastermind is about. Once you're clear on that, you need to find a group of like, depend, decide what size group you want. You got to get all the logistics down as far as how long you want to meet, how, uh, how, or how long each meeting, how many times you want to meet, how often and then how many people, and then find out people that are also looking to do that, and then create your mastermind. Masterminds are a phenomenal source of belonging. They're a phenomenal source of um, creating goals. They're a, a great source of creating accountability to those goals that you create, and they are actually a lot of fun. So good luck with that mastermind. Next question, Kat. 
Yeah, and don't forget about PLD. Once you are a graduate of um, at least the Life Success course, we have a 90-day goal-achieving program that is one of the most incredible masterminds that you can be a part of. Uh, next from SZ, how can I remember that I matter? So the first thing I want to tell you is that you absolutely do matter. You absolutely bring value to people and groups in your life. And I go back to those small little things, you know, putting those signs up on your mirror or putting a little dot on your cell phone, put triggers around, um, you know, jump out of bed every morning yelling, you know, a power yell. And surround yourself with people that support you and see all the value that you have. Next question, Kat. Well, we have a handful of questions from people who have not yet done our classes. So if you could take just a couple minutes to talk about uh, the, the series of courses that PSI offers and uh, the experiential nature of those classes, what makes them different from other personal growth out there, and the value that people can expect to get. Well, I did my classes back in 97, and my life to, from then to now is just unrecognizable. The classes are, are very experiential, meaning that you actually move your body as well as you're learning things and as well as you're feeling things. And I don't know how many other um, classes out there do that. However, I think that is such a key piece to the um, classes that Size Seminars does. At the basic level, you will actually, for the first time, really start understanding your self-talk and the limiting beliefs that you have. And at the Life Success course, you get an opportunity to actually work with those. You get to actually work with other people. And again, like I said, using all of it, using your physicalness, using your, your mentalness, work, using your emotional side, and discovering things about why you are not getting what you want, why you are getting stuck all the time, and what you are, why you're not bringing the things you want in your life. And that is a definite, a great team. I, to this day, still have people that I went through the size seven, seven with that I did it 20 years ago that I'm still in contact with and still have a great support system with them. And then at the LS level, you really create, create community and you really get to work with the wholeness of yourself, every aspect of you, because it is the wholeness of us all that makes us who we are, makes us the unique people we are. Oftentimes, before I did LS, I never really wanted to like look at some parts of me. I thought, oh, I just want to see this part of me. Part of me, and when I realized was that I was only feeding that part, the negative part was taking over. And so I really realized that it wasn't negative and positive. It was really just a wholeness of me and what I had to offer. And so it really taught me leadership of self and what I could go out into the world and do as part of a community. So at this point. I was hoping that you could take a few minutes to go over the main takeaway points from your teaching tonight. Like, what is it that you want people to leave this call with? Okay, Kat, I got a couple things on that. So the first one I would go back and say about is being true to yourself. Being true to yourself, it really allow yourself to connect to your wholeness. This is often easier said than done, especially when 
we are used to wearing a certain kind of mask every day. I know for me, when I was younger, I wore a mask so I would fit in with all the other kids. I never really felt like I fit in with kids. I felt like they came from a normal type family and I felt like I didn't. So I kind of wore this mask trying to fit in with them. I was trying to be what I thought they wanted me to be. However, that ended up for me being a very lonely time of my life. And as I grew up, I started to realize that there really wasn't any such thing as a normal family. So with that, I was able to start to be truer to myself. And as a result, I started attracting people into my life that accepted me for who I am. I was willing to be true to myself and people were attracted to my energy. Remember, shame comes from not accepting our wholeness. It is our triumphs and struggles that truly make us unique. So the second thing I would um, talk about would be find your community. By attracting people into your life will support you. This will, re will require you to open up to be vulnerable versus withdrawn. This can often be a really scary and challenging time. However, begin with little things like talking to more people that cross your path daily. Invite some of your existing friends out to do things with you. Maybe host a game night, find group events that you are interested in, or jump in and try new hobbies so that you can meet new people with different interests in you. There's just so many different avenues out there that you can go down. Challenge yourself to make contact with someone new each day and take the risk of doing something new each week. By being willing to put yourself out there, you will begin creating a community that you belong to. The third one is focus on the life you want. Allow yourself to take risk and do new things that are in alignment with the life you want. This can be both fun and scary. And if you're not sure of the life you want, take some time tonight and write out the top five to 10 things that you are really passionate about. And ask yourself, why are you really passionate about them? Now you have a starting point. Find groups that support this. Maybe try a workshop. Maybe take a class. There are also kinds, all kinds of online groups that you can join. This will support you to find other people that are passionate about the same things that you are. So not only will you be out there having fun, you'll be creating groups of people that you belong to. This will support you on, the living, on living the life that you want. The fourth one, it would be shames and insecurities. These can leave us with the feeling of not belonging. I know they did with me, the us versus them feelings. Because a lot of times we live in the world thinking it is us versus them, but it truly isn't. We are actually all together. The us versus them feeling can leave us feeling rejected and possibly even leading to self-loathing and that we're not enough. I know that growing up, I really struggled with these feelings. So I started reaching out to people that saw me for who I was, not my story or my insecurities. I started to see me the way that they saw them. I, they would see me in a certain light. They saw me as fun and outrageous and loving, and I hadn't seen myself that way. So being able to see the, myself through their eyes. I started to do things I really enjoyed. And by doing this, I was engaged with more people because I was meeting more people. As a result, I started to feel alive and purposeful. What are some hobbies you have? What are some of the things you would like to try? Allow your creative side to come out. Find someone that you can share your shame and insecurities with. If you don't want to tell someone you know, try a support hotline. Take a homeless person to lunch. The more you share them, the less energy you will have on them. You will also find that we all have shame and insecurities. 
just as we all have moments of pride and things we excel at. I'm willing to bet you have more of those things in your life because I know once I started looking at myself, I had way more things that I was proud of than that I was shameful for. Challenge yourself to bring one of those to mind each day. And then I think the final thing I would go, I would talk about would be the basic seminar and my relationship with it. I think the basic seminar is a great place to find like-minded people. It's a place to be true to yourself and focus on the life that you truly want. It's also the opportunity to release shame and insecurities. It is a community that you can belong to, a community that you can bring value to. I really, really got the understanding of um, belonging um, with the base, starting with the basic seminar. As a result of taking the basic, I opened up a space to recognize my limiting talk, and I had a lot of it and what it was getting me, but most importantly, what it was keeping me from. I didn't have any relationships, and I was really living a lonely life. And so by going through the basic and creating a foundation of belonging, I have actually strengthened my relationships with my family, both my biological family and my adoptive family. We actually have an we have an actual open lines of communication now because I knew that I belonged to these different families and it really did strengthen my bond within each of them and create an open line of communication and understanding. It definitely changed the entire dynamics of my biological um, family and my adopted family. My biological mother passed last year and I was fortunate enough to have a great, great relationship by the time that she actually had passed. It was, a safe, uh, it was also a safe place for me to allow myself to share my shame and insecurities. I really held on to those. I really thought that being adopted and a lot of the things that happened to me when I was little really made me who I was. And I realized that they were only that way because I was making them so big. I was able to let people see me, all of me, the incredible things I had achieved as well as the things I thought I needed to keep hidden. While belonging is still something that I work with from time to time, I just remind myself of the work I have put in and remember the amazing group of people I surround myself with, my tribe. I really created a tribe and a tremendous support group as a result of starting the basic and going through the classes. And so I cannot encourage you enough if you're really looking for a place to belong. And a lot of the questions that were asked, you will find a lot of those answers in the basic seminar. So definitely, it's a great place to uh, jump on board and get some great tools and great a great support system and a place to actually be able to share things about yourself and to really learn about the wholeness of yourself. Most definitely, the basic is uh, an amazing class. If you haven't been, uh, make it a point to go. And uh, what a great training. Thank you so much, Courtney, for taking the time to share your insights with us tonight. Thank you for having me. It's been my pleasure. And thank you to everyone listening in. We hope that you enjoyed the topic, have some new tools to move you forward in the pursuit of your dreams and goals. If you're getting value from the PSI podcast, don't forget to rate us and post a review on iTunes. You definitely don't want to miss next month's training. It's scheduled for Tuesday, March 12th. You can register now at psilive.com. And remember to ask your questions when you register. Again, that's psilive.com. Again, for those of you who are new to PSI seminars, would like to find out more about the PSI Basic course, you can go to psibasicseminar.com where you'll find information about the class as well as upcoming dates and locations. That's psibasicseminar.com. 
Thank you everyone for being on the call tonight. We appreciate you taking the time out to listen in. Have a great night.